Hi, my name is Tracy G and I'm an inner work coach, NLP trainer and podcaster extraordinaire. Passionate about equality and a world that is more diverse and inclusive, giving each and every one of us the opportunity to be the best version of ourselves. As a biracial woman, I've experienced my fair share of discrimination in the past and come out on top. We all know that discrimination and bias still exists in the world today, and it's not always easy to know what to do about it. This podcast, All One Inclusive, is about celebrating all diversity and being proud of all that you are. I chat with inspiring guests and my friends as we share stories from news sources and listeners from all over the world who have experienced some form of discrimination firsthand. The aim is for us to be able to discuss this issue more openly so it becomes better understood by all and provide tips about what you can do to make a difference. The world may have a lot of catching up to do, but if we can imagine a more equal world, we can create change step by step, ripple by ripple. Hi! Hi! Happy hump day. And as it's December, we're trying to be very Christmassy themed. I've got a little. This is all I had, but they're like Christmas. Yeah, I've got earrings in. I've got angels in. Oh. You can see I've got angel earrings in. Yeah. Yeah. The little Christmas earrings going on. Getting getting in the mood. Actually, I haven't got any decorations up yet. I'm really going to get to that this weekend. That's my, my next. Do you put them up at your place? No, I'm very lazy. I did do it like the first year or whatever I moved in, but then I realized I have to take them down. And I was one of the people who had them up like till January or something. And then I was like, oh, God, I can't do that. So now I just, I'm like, oh, it's fine. Oh, that's fine. Mm, true. But in theory, you don't really celebrate Christmas. Mm, yeah in theory I guess yeah mm. I mean I don't I don't go to church or anything so no. yes I mean I I celebrate Christmas with you guys that's all yeah that's nice yeah you like that yeah, yeah. absolutely mm. um I like the food and yeah, yeah mostly and the presents but yes it's quite nice okay. mm. <gasps> did you have a good week Yes. And by going, what did I do? Yes. Um, what did I do? Actually, last weekend I started my Christmas shopping. Um, that's what I did. So I'm nearly finished. I still got a couple of presents um to do and then and cards because I need to send them this weekend to get home. I like to do written cards to my family in the UK. Oh, that's lovely. So I always write cards. Do you know what though? It's so ridiculous. It cost me, just to send the card, I spent $40 in stamps. Oh, my God. Just to send cards to my family. Cost more, nearly as much as the cards. Mm, yeah. But, yeah. So it's a bit, it's an expense just sending cards. Yeah. So they don't get, I don't send gifts so much as yeah. cards. Yeah, that's mad. Well, gifts would be crazy then. I usually just say... What I usually do is send a hamper and say that's your crib. that's the family gift from me. Oh yeah. That's what I usually do. and do it online. That's usually what I do. Um and then that's it. 
they get a hamper and they get a card from me unless I'm there and then I can buy yeah. actual presents and then my mum whines my mum whinges every year I don't know what to get you it's like you don't need to get me anything just send me a card yeah it's just like no I'm gonna get you something I don't really know what to get you and I can't send you something because it costs more to send than what it cost yes exactly <laughs> um, um, and my mum's not very te- tech techy online so yeah. I just suggest to just get something online you can send the links but mm-hmm. I think she probably needs VPN though because Oh. Australian stuff. Anyway, she's not. She doesn't have to figure it out. So it's all good. Fair enough. Uh, do you do you buy presents in your family for each no. other? No, no, because no. you don't celebrate. Although one year, randomly, my mum, because she always has this little Christmas tree, you know, that she puts out, and um, yeah, one year randomly, she decided to give us l- literally white envelopes with money in it. <laughs> like plain envelopes with money in it I was like that's lovely Mm. it was so random I mean very well appreciated but um yes very random because my brothers tend to travel during that time yeah um they're usually not here so I actually have a question for you right so you're not you do not celebrate Christmas and do people say to you Merry Christmas yeah yeah, and, and I yeah. and you say to people Merry Christmas, cool. Yeah, because cool. I was I heard some overheard someone the other day go Merry Christmas, and then they go, Oh, can I still say that? And they said, um, oh, you don't I don't know what you're allowed to say these days, right? And I was just like, I didn't say anything because it wasn't my conversation I was over listening yeah. Yeah. Um, I kind of wish I had now. This is all. This happens to me all the time. Hear things, they annoy me, <laughs> and but they're not. I'm I'm not in the conversation, yeah. And so I don't say anything. But I mean, why wouldn't you be allowed to say Merry Christmas? Well, and this this is me making up the story behind this. Yeah. This is a whole. Oh, we're so politically correct. You can't even say Merry Christmas anymore because there's people that don't celebrate Christmas, and that's. See that's perceived to be um, yeah. not okay, right? Yeah. So that's how I, that's the story I'm telling myself about mm-hmm. this conversation with the people that are having it. Um, and I'm just like, who cares? I have never met someone who does not celebrate Christmas, not yet, yeah. that gets offended. Yeah. Um, I haven't, I haven't heard of people even being offended. I think the whole the only reason it's a topic is just to recognise that people have different um, yeah. holidays that are important to them, mm. and you can end up work. And I guess in the workplace, it's like, well, not everybody celebrates Christmas, and that's fine. But I've never met anyone that's doing that. The only difference I've seen over the years recently is because now people realise Diwali is a thing. Like it's more, just more prominent. And, you know, I, if I take leave, I can say, oh, I'm taking it for Diwali or whatever. Mm. And people say happy Diwali to me. Yeah. Like random. Which is nice. Which is nice, which is lovely. Um, so that's the only thing that, that just, it doesn't mean that you don't do Christmas. I do Christmas. And our, actually at our Christmas party, one of my favorite things is doing the carols. Like everybody's like, oh, last year they're like, Mina wants to sing carols. Oh, wow. Do you like singing carols? 
yeah, I do. I didn't know that. <laughs> but um, my boss, my director, he'd picked really, like, because he's he's in an a cappella group and he sings like wow. Um, and lots of the doctors they actually play instruments. They're all very musical and talented. But he picked really like intense carols to sing, and all the young generations were like, "We've never even heard of this." I'm gonna say, what's an intense? I don't know. Carol. I think I'd, I'd heard it anyway. It just looked. And this year they were like, "Can we sing Jingle Bells?" Can we? Not- <laughs> Well, it seems like Deck the Holes or something. Yeah, maybe. I can't. You don't remember. Oh, that's, I didn't know you liked, oh, we have to do carols at Christmas just for you. <laughs> that was just random because, you know, somebody plays the piano and then, yeah. Wow, yeah, it's pretty impressive. Yes. That is pretty cool. Oh, wow. Oh, but yeah, that, that was the conversation I heard. I was just like, oh, come on. Yeah, nobody... It's just about recognising that other people celebrate different a significant holidays for them yeah. and then recognizing that yeah exactly. and I don't see anybody getting offended if you say Merry Christmas and they don't celebrate Christmas yeah exactly you know if you're so concerned then just say happy holidays like, exactly if you're so concerned or worried about saying the wrong thing just say happy holidays happy holidays yeah exactly yeah <laughs> oh dear. Uh, anyway okay um so our first article is from The Guardian, mm-hmm. and the title is Girls Don't Want to Be Leaders, No Wonder, When You See the Violent Abuse They Could Face, and it's written by Emma Beddington. So, um, and there's a picture of Jacinta Ahern, Ahern? Jacinta Ahern. Yes, um, at the front. Um, and it reads that the hashtag girl boss has lost her luster. The recent survey of nine to 18 year old girls reported that they ranked being a leader, the lowest priority in a list of 17 attributes for future work. Girls, the report concludes, were nearly three times as likely to prioritize being healthy and safe, you would hope, and twice as likely to prioritize being respected than being a leader. I like that, weren't the two traditional um, considered complementary. I suppose the fast tragedy of the um, Boisard has estranged concepts to um, leadership and respect so comprehensively that the two can't be in the same country as each other, let alone the same gold-wrapped, wallpaper-wrapped room. She's very um, descriptive. Very visual with her language. Visual. Apart from being governed by a man who needed to be penned into a puppy gate, this whole thing about, geez, I don't don't, know. What's his name? Morrison, Scott Morrison and him. I don't know. They've just. You mean him taking all the leadership roles across his cabinet yeah but now they've done something in parliament they've passed something that says he can't release statements or I don't know something like that apparently it's the first time that's ever been done just seems like a dog's breakfast anyway what has turned young women off leadership there's the perennial you can't be what you can't see issue women remain dramatically underrepresented as CEOs and on boards the COVID bulletproof glass ceiling. I haven't heard that term. Uh, a survey quoted by Thomas Chamro Permuzi 
um, in his pathetically titled book, Why Do So Many Incompetent Men, <laughs> men Become Leaders? Found- and that's true. <laughs> yes. I'm not, I'm not being funny. Yeah. I see it all the time. And I see, I'm not saying there wouldn't be incompetent women, but because there's so few women leaders anyway, hmm. it's if there was, it's not as noticeable. But there are so many incompetent leaders that are men. So many. Oh, yes, indeed. Um, found that 92% of Americans couldn't name a female leader in tech and a quarter of the remaining 8% of offered Alexa or Siri. As female leaders. <laughs> yes, exactly, in tech. Like, okay, fair enough. The Reykjavik um, Index Measuring Attitudes Towards Women in Leadership in G7 Countries hasn't improved since 2019, with the most recent reporting report concluding deeply rooted views on female leadership are hard to shift. So this whole theme, you know, I've, you know, you've heard that whole thing about um, if you have a female boss, it's just harder that they're not as good and whatever else. I've never uh, heard that, but tell me, tell me. No, I think I've heard it a few times. People mention, oh, it's harder to have a female boss um, because they're so emotional and they're so, you know, I don't know, something stupid. I've, I've, I've never had, you know, people say I've never had a good female boss, you know. And you say it. No, my boss right now is a female. And she's yeah, like, I'm saying you say she, you saying she's got a good female boss. You've mentioned it. Oh, yeah, no, she's amazing. Like, yeah. Um, uh, the bosses before her wasn't wonderful, um, but to be honest, my male bosses haven't been wonderful either. But I think that's that's been because um, they're not very management trained. You know? Yeah, they're not. They're, not everybody's a leader or a manager. Exactly. Um, just because you get the title doesn't mean to say, hmm. yeah, that you you're you are it. What I've noticed is there's a, a huge difference between. Um, male or female, if they've been management trained and they mm. are leaders, you know, as mm. a boss, yeah. Mm. So, mm. Um, that's what makes the difference the training and the attitude, and the yeah, not so much the gender. Um, so that's yeah, anyway. Um, so plus the UN says that, um, we are still 270 57 years away from the gender pay. Parody by which time our current reckoning the few survivors of any sex living in um burnt out Craigs will be more pressing will more have more pressing matters to worry about um so which you know I imagine there would be um there are more female leaders in public life than ever before a dizzying 30 female leaders of state or government about 15 percent what a time to be a woman, but it doesn't look um, much fun, does it? J- Jacinta Ahern, Adern, yeah, and her colleagues have faced a raising tide of misogyny, including th- threats of rape and murder. Jeez. Oh, um, Finnish Prime Minister Senna Marine's cheery um, looking night out led to weeks of scandalized comment and drug tests, which we talked about. I can't believe they made her do a drug test. Did they make a drug test? I didn't know that. Neither did I until she's mentioned it. That's ridiculous. Um, Jess Phillips, the other female MPs, have spoken out about the violent abuse they faced. Research earlier 
this year showed that we uh, what we know that as public profile women, as their public profile rises, the scrutiny they face becomes more negative and more quickly, um, more quickly than it does for a man. Well, this happened to um, who's our first and only prime minister? What was her name? Julie Gillard. Yeah, like when you cope, and I didn't realize at the time, but recently they wrote an article about what it was like for her in her terms. Um, and it was quite terrible when you put it all together and look at the picture from the media's point of view. Like, she couldn't do anything right. Like, you know, um, I think she gave an interview with a basket of fruit on the table and people were like, oh, my God, like, why would she put fruit there? Oh, I don't know, something. It was so ridiculous. Um, and, of course, the fact that, you know, she was not married. She was with her partner. Oh, that was a problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that she didn't have children. Oh, that was a problem. Oh, yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, so, anyway, um, who wouldn't be put off if that is what awaits you in leadership? But it's a shame. The difference is not glaring, but women do outperform men as leaders. Um, Shamaro Primozik, oh, sorry about that, quotes a meta-analysis of research on the topic, which shows women's leadership strategies are more effective than men's. They have more flexible and creative approaches to problem solving, are fairer and more objective with subordinates, and communicate more effectively and get more respect. See, girls, you can have it both. Yeah, I don't know. I am thinking... I. I am left thinking vaguely contradictory things. One is that teenage girls should do whatever they damn well like. Life is tough enough for them without being subjected to um, our hand-wringing at their lack of leadership ambition. When the system is skewed against you, why not say, sod it? But an um, alpaca herder make vegan muffins or go live on a tree. Yeah, and I'll just be an alpaca herder or go make vegan muffins are going to live in a tree yeah oh i see yes that didn't make sense to me i should say to everyone not quite awake yet <laughs> um but the world is also a bleak place for women and girls who are not in charge the less power you have the more vulnerable you are to those who abuse their powers um in the u.s women's reproductive choices are scrutinized and criminalized Girls are even deleting their period trackers for fear of reprisals. Women in Afghanistan are banned from traveling and women and girls are forced to study in secret. Then, of course, there is Iran. And I've been watching, terrified, wondering in awe at the bravery and spirit of young girls and teenage, um, young women and teenage girls, giving the accolades the, um, no, I don't know what this word is. Somebody the finger, I'm guessing the government. Um, waving their headscarves and um, heckling uh, paramilitarians. Um, they shouldn't need to be leading the charge, risking their lives to challenge a regime policing its twisted ideas of women's morality with murderous violence. The world has failed them as it fails so many girls and women. But that's the thing about leadership. When the alternative is bad enough, sometimes it is thrust upon you. So, mm. yes, um, that's very sad. I think um, I think it's like 14,000 people arrested in Iran now, so. It's getting yes. insane, isn't it? But she's right, like, young women, they're probably in their 20s or whatever, mm. 
really risking their lives and that's so brave <clears throat> I don't know how brave if I would be that brave but how like to think I would be um knowing you would be arrested because pretty much everybody who's speaking out is being arrested, being arrested. well it's just not even that it's like the alternative you're weighing up the alternatives um the alternatives got to be feel worse for them and I guess now it is especially when that other woman was died in custody and so many women do yeah, exactly. Um, but I did recently see a post with um, the Iranian women's football team and they had taken off their hijabs. and um, Did they? They all did? Yeah. Good. They all did. Um, so that was... <clears throat> that was brave. And scary. So Yeah, because they could all be arrested, right? yeah well the the I think the captain of the football team was arrested wasn't it in our last article so um because he was quite outspoken oh that was the male football team yeah yeah Not, yeah so I just feel like this is what I feel like I'm, I'm just from what you're seeing the people that really stick out the neck mm. like really stick out the neck are the people that it affects mm. like that male captain it was because he was Kurdish and and they are obviously not as yes. maybe treated like second class citizens. I don't know. Exactly. And then in the women, it affects them personally. I think they're the ones really sticking out their necks. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying they don't have support. Mm. They do, but they're the, they're the ones really sticking out their necks. And we really need more, yeah. more support from other people. Mm, these things. Yeah. Because, and even in like non like even in other countries, it's obviously the Iranians, Iranian descendants who are speaking out on social media and things like that, because obviously it's their, um, they feel it more, I guess. Um, mm. And I feel like sometimes, why isn't the world paying attention? You know, what is yeah. the rest of us doing? So, oh, but it's the same with Afghanistan. So that was shocking like when all of that happened and there was a lot of talk around it when it first happened and then it sort of died down and now it is what it is I guess mm-hmm. with the Taliban in power so yeah people lose interest same with the, I feel like it's the same with the Ukrainian war mm, yeah exactly it's still going on but no less and less in the news mm. oh dear yes terrible um and w- I don't even know what midterms are really in the US, but I think... Something about political elections, but yeah. yeah, Exactly, but I think there's a bit of change happening there. But to be honest, I haven't been reading very much about it. I get a bit exhausted with the US politics of it all. Um, It's, I don't know, it seems too um, depressing sometimes. So, yeah. Is that the end of the story? Yeah, that was the... Oh, okay. Because she said... Oh, what did you say? She said something, and you said, yeah, right, when you read it out. I'm trying to think what it was. It was like, oh, you can have it all. You can have it all. And you win. That. So tell me about that. No, because I just... I don't know. I don't know. I just think it's too much pressure to put on women in particular. Nobody says that to men, right? that they can have it all or whatever. Like, it doesn't even apply to men, really. Um, It's like you can, yeah, like, I don't know. It's just a hell of a lot of pressure to be like, oh, yeah, you can 
you can do your job and do the family and do everything else and yeah like but why does that have to mean have it all like it depends what that means for me the only way I can have it all if I want to have if I want if what I want is a family and if what I want is to be a leader because I feel like one and I feel like I can make a difference um if those are things I want I'm going to need support to be able to have that I'm going to need support from my partner um family friends um followers gonna need support so in that sense you can have it all Mm. but if have it all means i have to do everything myself yeah then that's not really gonna work is it and that's the difference because the perception is men have the support of their wife or partner Mm. doing that for them or but I mean you can pay someone I know a lot of people don't want to have pay people yeah. look after the kids and then you have to make a have a discussion and make a choice don't you? yeah exactly but I mean I don't know I feel like the standard for me I think the standards are more of an issue than everything else I mean women people should be um, pursuing whatever goals they f- feel that they want to pursue but mm. Sometimes I feel with, um, especially with social media and things like that, to be able to have it all together as well is such an issue um, Mm -hmm. when it's not really a realistic goal. So, No. But then I tell you what I found interesting. I've not heard of that Reykjavik index, so I have to look up what that is. Mm. Um, But the fact that women pick safety, Mm. as as something they want in the future and um, respect that scares me because if you want safety it implies you're not safe Mm. if that's the thing you're seeking it implies you don't feel safe Mm. and that's scary yeah oh I mean it makes sense that you know because of all the things that you hear in general and women experience mm. especially depending on the country that you live in you might exactly. not feel at all mm. yeah. so. but i mean there's so many like safe might not feel safe to be a leader mm. because i can tell you i've also heard that comment from people that are oh, this leader in particular is too emotional or they're just too emotional because they're a woman mm. yeah absolutely and, like, and, the, and the fact is, you can't make good decisions if you don't use emotion. You need to use emotion to make good decisions. Yeah. But it's not even, yeah, it's it's not that men don't get emotional. It's that them getting angry or whatever is just... Isn't, isn't considered emotional, right? Yeah, it's so weird. So, yeah, I don't know. bizarre to me. But anyway, that's what it is. But hopefully things are getting better. Well, what, what would it, what would we ask people to do? To keep an open mind if you get assigned a female boss. <laughs> to yeah. perhaps give them a give them a go, as mm. opposed to you know. I've had, I'm just thinking of all my bosses been female, mostly. Yeah, mm. I had one male boss, and that. At the very start of my career, I had a male boss and he was really good. Mm. And then I had a female boss who wasn't so good. Mm. But then I've had 
of female bosses since and they've been really good. I just, I don't think it matters. Mm. I don't think it's that you're male or female. To be honest, like if there was equal amount of male and female leaders, I reckon there'd be equal amounts of rubbish leaders in both. Yeah, absolutely. To be fair, or not as good and excellent because I've had excellent male bosses. I've seen excellent male leaders. Mm. Yeah. Like I think Brad Barlow is a really good example mm. of a, a fantastic leader. Yeah. You, can, uh, you could stand there all day listing off examples mm. of bad ones. Depends how you define good and bad as well. Mm. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, scary that girls between 9 and 18 are picking things like safety mm. and respect as things they want future future roles and that they're conscious of that they're that conscious of that at that age yeah mm. and then the other thing as well is she's right that that journalist that wrote that article mm. if we're not in positions of leadership then the people in power have the I can abuse that power and they already have and they already do yeah taking away rights and and um, freedoms for for women because they're yeah because there yeah. aren't representation I guess exactly yes you're right it's a lot of pressure for girls but there's some girls that are probably natural leaders mm. and shouldn't be put off and then I guess we just I know it's sad but I guess we just have to accept that we're gonna if you want to be a lady you have to deal with that we have to get you're gonna have to have a very good sense of self a very good mindset mm. very resilient to be a leader because the fact is you're going to get a heap of shit. Yes. Yes. So that's that's why a leadership coach mm. can be very useful. Exactly. Mm. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, a leadership coach. Yeah. Oh. All right. My story. I like this. And, you know, every week we really want to celebrate um, examples of initiatives that are, inc- you know, feeding that diversity inclusivity rhetoric. Yes. And that's what we look for <clears throat> or celebrate successes of um, minority peoples. That's what we like to talk about if we can find it. And we do, we don't find it easy, do we, to find these stories? No. Um, but anyway, I found this about mac makeup mac makeup was one of the first makeups i could find for my skin color oh really yeah where i'm from there wasn't do you know that's another story but growing up like i said you know there wasn't many black people i struggled to find makeup that i could wear in fact from you know when you were how old did you say started wearing makeup i was probably early teenage years hmm so those early teenage years, all the way up to uni, even the first year of uni, I think, my face looked a shade whiter than the rest of me for the whole, when I wore makeup, I swear. <laughs> you want to see pictures of my face because yeah. I couldn't find makeup. Yeah. But um, a foundation that was the colour of my, much of my colour, I just couldn't. <laughs> anyway, that's another story. Mm. So this story is, says, how a lipstick can change a life uh-huh. and it's actually metro metro uh, a metro news article metro is like i don't know if we have it in australia 
Metro is like you get a free newspaper as, as you're going to work. The free newspaper. Right, yeah. You read it on the tube or you read it on the bus or you read it. People are handing it out to commuters. So it's a free distribution called Metro. And it's supposed to be community-based. And in London, it would be, be a bit more topical with politics and media and stuff. So it's a drab rainy morning, but you wouldn't know that a MAC co Cosmetics Carnaby Street store, you wouldn't know that at a MAC Cosmetics Carnaby Street store, a drag queen, charity workers, influencers, and members of the LGBTQ plus community have gathered for our photo shoot in joyful and vibrant energy, all in the name of lipstick. Okay. So MAC launched its three Viva Glam lipsticks back in 1994. The red, plum, and pink beige shades were released to directly benefit the HIV and AIDS charity drive, with none other than RuPaul fronting the posters. And MAC has been donating 100% of the retail price, minus tax, to LGBTQ plus communities ever since. Oh, wow. They say it's more like donating to charity and getting free lipstick in return, hmm. rather than buying the stand, standard lippy. Today, hundreds of millions of pounds have been donated worldwide by the makeup brand. And today on World AIDS Day, which was yesterday. Oh, okay. Uh, so yesterday, we're by the time this recording comes out, it'll be a week or so after. But on the 1st of December was World AIDS Day. Mm. MAC are donating the retail price of all their other lipsticks, not just the Viva Glam range, to benefit the cause. And somewhere along the way, however, in the glitz of celebrity campaign collaborations with the likes of Lady Gaga, Elton John and Debbie Harry, the charity message got lost. As many as 85% of MAC customers are unaware of what Viva Glam is. I didn't know, but I don't really buy lipsticks from MAC. Now, the brand wants to reclaim the message, which is why they're foregoing the celebrity face this World AIDS Day and instead extending their charitable pledge across all their lipsticks, not just Viva Glam Shades on December 1st. Mm. So they're shooting the Mac with the MAC ambassadors, trans educators and people who work on the ground with those, with those the charity efforts support all to find out what actually happens when you buy one of these life-changing lipsticks. Mildred Malaka from Uganda is a 27-year-old beneficiary of Micro Rainbow, a charity Mac partners with. She tells Metro, coming from where I come from, there's a lot of oppression. You can't express yourself. You're only allowed to wear makeup on certain particularly important events. So wearing it for fun because it makes you feel good is really refreshing. Even seeing men wear makeup here, that would be forbidden. Mm. So that's an example of someone who it benefits. And she moved from Uganda to the UK, October 2021, as an asylum seeker and described her life before as not good for her mentally, as she's a queer identifying person. There are so many things that breathe a fresh of air here, Mildred explains. I left Uganda because I was being persecuted because I'm gay, so I needed to flee. After coming here, I found the charity programs, and before I didn't know these kinds of things existed. Micro Rainbow do social inclusion programs and the Moving On program, which can help you with your CV and finding work. 
It's very helpful, even the social programs, because while you're seeking asylum, you're not really allowed to do much. You can't work. Some people aren't allowed to study. So it can be depressing just staying in a room doing nothing. So being able to meet other people that can relate and understand is good for your mental health. Otherwise, you constantly think, are they going to take me back? What's mm. happening to me? She hopes to one day work for the charity and help others in similar situations. If people buy the lipstick, they can help support what these charities are running. It makes a big difference, she adds. Sebastian Roker, founder and CEO of Micro Rainbow, says Viva Glam helps publicize the message of what the charity does. He recently used a $50,000 donation, a £50,000 donation from Mac to refurbish a safe house. The organization also uses its connections to Mac to host makeup masterclasses. A lot of the people we work with have told their whole, have been told their whole lives they are against nature, Sebastian mm. says. So naturally, when they come to the UK, they come with low confidence and self-esteem. Using makeup is one way to get them to feel like themselves and to believe they are worthy of expressing that. Each year, Micro Rainbow works with over a thousand people nationwide through classes, programs, helplines, and safe houses. He says the work we do is best summarized like this. Homeless queer migrants go from being homeless to having a home, go from risking violence and abuse on the streets to being in a welcoming queer environment. Sebastian believes it's important that charity campaigns aren't always heavy and bereft. Yes, we're working with people escaping torture and persecution, but through the lens of makeup, we're looking at how to empower people and give them choice, he adds. The element of fun, it's very much needed. This sentiment is shared by Cheryl Hole, an LGBTQIA plus activist and drag queen, best known for appearing on RuPaul's Drag Race UK. Viva Glam is a campaign she's known for the longest time and says its root message is, we need something to change and we're going to do it through the power of makeup. It's so prominent in the community because it's starting out as the sheer need for a voice for the AIDS and HIV epidemic, she says. Buying one can literally put a homeless person living with HIV and AIDS in a shelter for two days straight, just from one lipstick. And I don't think people realize this applies all year round. It's making changes 24 seven. Cheryl's personal favorite shade of Viva Glam too, the pink beige, she's sporting in the photo shoot they have here. She believes the celebrities that have fronted the campaign, though they perhaps overshadow the fundraising message, have added light to the lip range, attracting publicity and utilizing more platforms to promote sales. As well as sales, the lipstick can stand for something more personal to people, particularly those in the queer community that use makeup as a form of gender expression. Arian Humerang, an influencer and trans activist who wears neutral tone makeup in her day-to-day, -day, explains, I feel empowered wearing this lipstick, like I'm continuing the legacy of the people that came before me who would have worn this in the 90s. This tiny tube represents so much from all the turmoil that's happened to today where I can comfortably wear makeup and be as queer, queer as I can be without being apologetic about it and without having to hide it. Back in the day, they had to do so many different things to not be known, to not come out. Wearing one of these lipsticks to me represents all of that. Arian believes campaigns like this create a safe space for those affected by the issues Viva Glam is aligned with.
It's also just giving yourself the joy of helping others, she adds. And then it talks more about Matt and it raised and who it other other charities it raised funds for like Positive Ease, a charity called Positive East, which supports people living with or affected by HIV and AIDS in London. I'm not gonna read that, but then I found another story and I just really like the charity. So another charity that they support with these funds. Um, and I got this from an article. I guess it's a corporate business arts, business publication. It's called 3BL CSR Wired. That's the name of it, the publication. And the article was in celebration of Trans Awareness Week, which we had already had in November. Um, Matt Cosmetics launched inclusive makeup edit by Joseph Harwood. He, she, they. He goes by he, she, they. He, she, and they. All of them and donate £50,000 to Mermaid's Charity. And I just wanted to mention Mermaid's Charities. It's an amazing charity. It's in the UK, and I'm wondering if there's anything like this in here, because there isn't that could do with it. It talks about the Viva Glam, again, because it also supports the LGBTQI plus community. And it gives the three main things that the, the Viva Glam does by supporting the LGBTQI plus community. Eliminates stigma and fights for the empowerment of the LBGTQIA plus community, specifically assisting homeless and youth alongside regional organisations. Powers women and girls to fight for equal rights, healthy futures for women and girls, specifically around reproductive and sexual health education, and the HIV and AIDS part, which we just talked about. Um, but I wanted to say what mermaids do mermaids have been supporting transgender non-binary and gender diverse children and young people and their families since 1995. mermaids supports transgender transgender non-binary and gender diverse children and young people until their 20th birthday as well as their families and professionals involved in their care transgender non-binary and gender diverse children and teens need support and understanding as well as the freedom to explore their gender identity. Well, whatever the outcome, Mermaid is committed to helping families navigate the challenges they may face. And I just wanted to mention that because I thought it was great. I'm wondering if there's anything like that here. Not aware. So who knew buying a lipstick? Buying a lipstick can make a difference. You know, some people think, oh, there's all this stuff in the world, like, the smallest thing can make a difference. I really think what we're doing can make a difference. Yeah. Um, buying a lipstick can make a difference. Yeah. Now that we know, because, yeah, I didn't know that I buy MAC lipstick. Now that we know, it's something that if you're considering buying a lipstick, then why not buy the one that MAC is selling? Exactly. So, yeah. I don't actually wear that much lipstick, but now I know that, I'll think twice about it which brand of lipstick I buy. I think MAC lipstick's perfectly fine as far as I know. I've just got so many. Right, okay. So wrapping up. Are you ready? Yes. But what would you do? <laughs> I'm trying to come up with my own little jingle there. All right, so what would you do, Mino? Mm-hmm. So this is the scenario. This is a workplace scenario. You, you notice that your colleague, who is a woman, Mm. get spoken over and interrupted more often than others during virtual team meetings 
yeah I think in this case it would be helpful just to help and so to 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 be the person who says to the person who is interrupting her that wait hang on a second just let whoever say Anna can we just let Anna finish please mm-hmm. um every time you know mm-hmm. somebody interrupts and it doesn't have to be Anna it can be anyone just mm-hmm. be like no let's just wait for her to finish her thought and then you can speak afterwards so mm-hmm. that's very helpful good cool actually I've had this in meetings like I've had this I've noticed this and it's actually not always men that do it but the mm-hmm. fact is stats show that women are interrupted more than men yeah right so that's that's what we're talking about it but I have seen that other women interrupt specific women mm. interrupt people a lot more yeah and I think it's a the quality yeah and it is I've done it I'm, I'm not saying I've never interrupted people I totally have mm. but I'm conscious of it and I'm conscious of doing it purposefully now mm. as in so for example if I'm chairing a meeting and people are talking and the person who's talking is talking for too long about something that's going to take up too much time, it's, yeah. you know, they're repeating themselves, they're repeating what they've said, that kind of thing, I'll, I have to interrupt them because it's my job to keep yeah. keep us moving through the items and keep on track. So that's purposeful interruption, yes. right? The difference is um, somebody's making a point, you disagree or you have a thought, mm. And you have to get it out of your mouth now mm. rather than just waiting for that person to finish what they're saying. Or you disagree and you want to cut in, cut them off. Mm. And it's very disrespectful. Mm. And, and so there's a difference. Um, there's definitely appropriate time where you may need to interrupt someone. Yeah. Um, but there's a difference between just interrupting people who's in the middle of an idea or or is making it statement about something and that and that's the difference and especially when it's repetitive yes yeah I mean I find that if you let the person finish anyway sometimes they clarify what you were gonna you know say in the first place because obviously they haven't finished saying what they've they've wanted to say so instead of interrupting if you take that time to formulate what you're gonna say or whatever then you know it doesn't sound so off the cuff as well so that can be helpful so just wait and let them finish Mm. then then you can Mm. have your say but I think the more people that are a little bit more conscious about it then um the better it is but I have been in meetings where I think it's more because like I've said I have a very female dominated team so there's only usually one or two men in the room anyway and it's usually the female interrupting and it's it's just their personality so mm. it's not it's not yeah I think, meant to be yeah I get it but just because it's the personality doesn't mean it's a good thing mm. and, and I, I agree I've, I've seen women do that mm. where they constantly there's certain people that will get interrupted a lot yeah and certain people that will do the interrupting yeah yeah and that's really needs managing by whoever's leading that team or whoever's chairing that meeting Yes. It's often in meetings when it happens. It really needs to be managed mm. so that it's, everybody gets feels like they are heard. Yes. Yeah. Otherwise, you get people that will never will never contribute. Yeah. And, and great ideas. 
and you have great ideas exactly yeah so you're right it just so happens that when they've done the research it's women that are more regularly interrupting than men but if you talk about it generally there are people with personality to do that yeah and people that are more likely to sit back and it's your job as a leader to get everybody's ideas yeah everybody's great ideas otherwise if they've not got good ideas or got something of value to contribute then why are they why are they there Mm. yeah and I think I've been in a couple of meetings where the chair and I can't remember whether they're male or female but they've realized like they've gone through the room and realized that oh somebody has an idea but they haven't spoken up maybe because they don't they're intimidated or whatever it is and they've just stopped everyone and gone do you have an idea do you want to talk um and at, at that point because they've been prompted they've gone oh yes I think it's you know whatever um and that's really good chairing of a meeting and good leadership right there um, to realize that people want to talk and yeah that's no, very good exactly and then I guess to the point of what I um, you would say because it's like you know what would you do mm. if you notice consistently that this person would get over you know interrupted every time I tried to talk what would you do I'm not reading what it says here I would say personally I would go take that other person to the side and say I take both of them to the side separately have separate conversations but the person that's doing the interrupting if it was like a characteristic that they constantly did yeah i would say i don't know if you've noticed mm. um but you often interrupt this person mm. or other people they might be just doing it to lots of people mm. um when they're talking can you think about letting them finish before mm. you make your point i've given that as constructive feedback I said, what you say is usually really valuable as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Really valuable. And I always want to hear what you have to say. Mm. But I'd like to hear what everyone has to say. So it's important that we like, let people finish speaking without interrupting them. So I'd say that. And then with the other person say, I noticed that when you were t- talking, um, you were interrupted by this person. And it, and it ha- happens. Is that something you've noticed? See what they're saying. Yeah, yeah no, whatever. Okay, so I'd just say maybe try this next time. It's up to you. Or I would ask them, what would you do mm. next time if you're interrupted? See what they say. So the idea is for them to come up with their own solution. And if and if they don't have any, any ideas, then I'd have to prompt them and say, maybe you could say, <clears throat> I just want to finish what I was saying. Yeah. Because that's okay. Just, that's all you need to say. It doesn't have to be rude or angry with anger. Just say, hold on. Um, I just want to finish what I was saying. Yeah. Just say it loud enough. Yeah. That's that would be my advice. What would you say? Would you do what would you do? Yeah, I think it is important to tell the person who's interrupting that, you know, just let people talk, especially if it's a pattern of behavior, right? but definitely or and if you're in that meeting I would say that you need to and you the the person who's been interrupted doesn't say anything then you know you should people should be like letting her or him if it's a him um mm-hmm. finish talking before yeah. you know yeah so that's helpful recognizing yeah. it so he can help the person is um, yeah yeah the reason I speak to the person who was being interrupted <clears throat> is because 
can empower them to empowering them because otherwise you're putting them in the victim mode like i'm helpless i can help myself so i'm gonna do i'm gonna i'm gonna rescue you yeah absolutely Yeah. yeah anyway what does it say this is why it matters it's undermining to be repeatedly interrupted of course it means that the team loses out on the woman's ideas and insights if it's a woman Plus, in a virtual context, meetings can carry more weight than than they otherwise might without informal interactions in the office. So if you're not seeing each other in the office, this the virtual meeting is your own decision-making discussion forum. Mm. So without informal interactions in the office, virtual meetings become the central avenue for information sharing, brainstorming, and reputation building. Mm. It's so true, if I think about it, I'll come back to this in a minute. You notice that your colleague who is a woman gets spoken over and interrupted more often than others during virtual team meetings. Mm. So what do you do? In the moment, you can use the chat feature to write something like, uh, can we circle back to Jessica? Like, you know, because like you said, I'll let that person speak. So instead of saying it, you could just type in the chat, can we circle back to Jessica? Mm. Um, in the long run, encourage norms that promote equal participation by everyone using the chat feature when they want to chime in, so that it's not interrupting. Mm. That's a good idea. You think, oh, I need to say this. Because sometimes, and I'm so guilty of this, I think it and I feel like I have to say it or else I forget. Mm. Yeah. So it's like writing down is the mm. thing, but you can put it in the chat and then it doesn't interrupt them and they can look at it when they finish. Assuming it's a virtual meeting, of course. Yeah, like using the chat feature when you want to chime in. If you're brainstorming, have people take turns. There's lots of methodologies for that, mm. activities for that kind of equal participation. Or use a virtual brainstorming tool. You can also use breakout rooms to create small groups. Mm. Once to be found that women get similar amounts of airtime as men in groups of six or fewer. Mm. Oh, but less, less than men when in groups of seven or more. Interesting. Interesting. In general, women are interrupted far more often than men. Researchers believe that this happens just as often in virtual meetings, if not more. This may be rooted in a common form of bias. People often value women's contributions less highly than men's. Mm. And, and it's called performance bias. And that just means there's perception that women perform less well than men. It's a perception. It is a perception. In lots of things, women drive this, for example. Yes, <clears throat> exactly. That's a, a bias stereotype but that's out there. Mm. Mm. It's true. It's about letting everybody have an equal voice at the table. Yeah, and not missing out on good ideas. Yeah, missing out on good ideas. And actually, I'm thinking about scenarios from a corporate days where people were perceived as not contributing like this the perception of that person from not speaking yes during meetings is that they don't have anything valuable to contribute yeah. they are not a good leader boss manager right i'm totally heard about that yeah and then i've actually worked with this person as my boss let's say mm. and they've been really good mm. so that's why i think it's important to not only have conversation with the interrupting people but the people that are allowing people to interrupt them or not speaking. Yeah. Because that the fact is, if you're not speaking, you're not 
contributing visibly. The pub- they must have been behind the scenes to get where they are. Mm. The one smaller groups. Yeah, they would speak more, and that's that. I'd actually thinking about it. I've noticed that. And really small groups, like two or three or four people, they're way more vocal. But when it's a whole, yeah. when it's a lot bigger, yeah. don't hear a peep. Yeah. And plus, and I, I think some people speak because they want to be seen as contributing, but they're not actually saying anything of note, or maybe they're just regurgitating, you know, what other people have said or, you know, summarizing people. I've, I've known people like that. And it's just like, you don't need need to do that <laughs> so, but they want to be seen as contributing so yeah, they yeah. Do and they probably and probably the perception is they are generally exactly when Even, they're actually that so yeah yeah so strategies like from either side um but i've noticed that perception of people that of not being good managers leaders or whatever contributors because they don't speak in big groups mm-hmm. yeah absolutely it is intimidating as well in a big group. So I can understand people who are a little bit shyer. Is that a word? A little bit shy. <laughs> Not doing so, but yeah. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, I think that's it. Have you got anything else to add? No. These are my pearls of wisdom. <laughs> All right, then. Well, that's it from us. Until next week, happy hump day. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope you have as much fun with us today as we did. If what you heard resonated with you, don't forget to show the love and like our YouTube channel, All One with Tracy G. Give us a five-star rating on whichever podcast platform is lucky enough to have this episode because they rock too. Feel free to email us stories or questions at alloneinclusive at gmail.com and sign up for my newsletter if updating yourself about everything which goes down sounds like something right up your alley at tracygandu.com. Until the next time, see ya!